Hi, my name is Duncan, and we are Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt and Gary in London and Ben in LA. Welcome, guys. Um, Matt, I'm going to come to you first. What's your football moment of game week 12? Um, so, my football moment was watching bits of the Arsenal-Leicester uh, game, where um, it was sort of a bit of a, it felt like a bit of a changing of the guard type moment. Uh, just Leicester looked really, really good. I thought they outplayed Arsenal on the day um, and just looked like a, a better team like with better players in, um, even though Arsenal traditionally at well are, are the bigger club and usually the ones in top four. But Leicester, I think, genuinely now look like Champions League quality team that might get that top four spot now. Um, whereas previously, I just thought they were on a good run of form. Now I think they're the real deal. Yeah, I'm painful for me, but I have to admit it did feel like that watching the game. I think Arsenal went even went into this game as underdogs. They were fully expected to to lose, and yeah, it all came true, didn't it? Yeah, I mean they're arguably like as good as the season that they they won the league. Just, just as now as Man City and Liverpool, just so much better than everyone else. But um, they're a really good side this year, Leicester. Yeah, more points at this stage than when they won the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it'd be, Man City and Liverpool. It'd be remiss of me with you with you on the pod, Dunk, to say that um, yeah, it also sort of reflects on Arsenal's current uh, malaise as well. Yeah, I don't don't know about current malaise. I'd say like the malaise has been there quite a long time. It's going off. Um, but yeah, thanks for that, Matt. <laughs> do, you, do you think do you think yeah. the manager changes in the off uh, changes in the offing, Dunk? I don't think the Arsenal board do anything quickly. I think you saw that with um, the end of the Wenger years. Um, so, no, I don't really expect them to move very fast. I think um, with Kroenke in, in kind of control of the club, I think things move at a glacial pace. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they'll probably see out the season. Um, but I don't think we'll see Xhaka again. I think there's talk that he'll be sold in January and I would be definitely up for that. Um, Gary, what was your football moment of the week? Um, so we just, we just finished watching the Liverpool-Man City game. And if you kind of work on the basis, that, as I do, that I think footballers are getting better and better every year and the standard is getting raised. And club football, much better than international football, higher standard. And these two teams are pretty much the best in the world. So you could almost say this, this, was, this was arguably the, the highest standard of football ever. I'm not sure the game would quite go that far, but you, you saw from the two teams, basically, like these, this Liverpool and City teams, they're so, they're so good um, domestically. And seeing every time they play each other now, it's like a big event. Um, and you could tell, like both teams were kind of laying traps for each other and, playing with their own different styles and particularly I picked out the um, the Salah goal just in the way that like Liverpool in just a few seconds like Trent Alexander-Arnold pinged that lovely crossfield ball 40 yards Robertson takes a couple of touches again inch perfect cross Salah just runs onto it and it's like having that team in three players and about five touches they can just go up the other end of the pitch and they'll murder you it, it is it was frightening and um yeah, so it was it was a it was a good game of football. It never quite hit the heights of being an, a, a classic, but it was it was very high standard, and and it was that was my moment. How do you see it going after this game? Do you see there being a, a Man City kind of fight back and that kind of feeding into their results coming up, or do you think Liverpool will go on with their good fixtures now and just kind of 
run away with things. I, I think basically City are still well in the title race. I think um, the thing about City is that they can reel off these 100-point seasons and no other team, like Liverpool got close last season, no other team can do that. So Man City losing a couple of games and then Liverpool taking another three points off them is very important because I, I think Liverpool... I, th- I think it'd be a stretch for them to get 97 again. I, th- I still think they're going to slip up a few times, but they're, they're obviously more than capable of getting 90 points. And the more points they take off City, the less likely City are going to get 90 points. So I, I think City will close the gap, but whether they can close the gap enough, like Liverpool have just got to keep setting that pace and winning as many games as they can. I, I think it's going to be another good, good title race. It's not all over. Yeah, Definitely. Um, ben, how about you? What was your football moment? So, talking of high quality football, my my football moment um, is Lionel Messi scored a, a hat trick of set pieces this weekend. Uh, one was a penalty, but two were free kicks. Not easy free kicks either, like 30, 35 yards out, and he scored two of them. Um, so, I think he has now equaled Ronaldo in terms of La Liga hat tricks. And yeah, he's pretty good. I, I, I think he's probably the best free kick taker currently playing um it looks like anytime he gets a free kick he's gonna score it's something i feel like that's something he's kind of added to his game in the kind of latter stages of his career because i don't remember him being that lethal from a free kick early on yeah it makes me wonder what else he's gonna add to his game before he he finishes playing it's like unbelievable I think I'd like to see him finish up in goal, maybe, as you know, the world's best goalkeeper. That would be good. Well, he'd have to give Carl Walker a run for his money. <laughs> and Claudio Bravo as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, my, my highlight was uh, having a football-watching weekend, kind of getting into the groove of having a, a new baby, um, kind of stuck in the house quite a lot with nap times and bedtimes and stuff like that. So... Just had a whole weekend of, of watching live live football, which doesn't happen that often. You know the the game on the Friday night, um, Norwich Watford. Watched all of that, a couple of games each day. Um, so yeah, it's just been really nice. To be honest, I I kind of thought that I would pick up more tips for myself uh, for players for FPL, but I struggled to to pick out any any kind of bright spots. The the main one is maybe the Watford defence, um, but that is a uh, yeah it was. It was more enjoyable watching the football than maybe picking out the, the FPL players um, to watch out for. But yeah, that was my highlight. Um, what about FPL? Matt, what was your FPL moment of the week? Um, I guess my FPL moment of the week was I, I was, like many managers, trying to decide between Abraham and Vardy about which, which to captain. And uh, thankfully, Captain Vardy, which turned out to be the right pick. And so that's overall given me a pretty good week. Um, the slight frustration of benching Soyunku for Diego Rico and Lundstrom, but um, I, I'm I'm sort of content with that because I think the, I, I probably would have made a decision again. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Like uh, I thought, Arsenal in theory a good team that should score goals. Um, so Soyunku was hardly guaranteed a clean sheet, and whereas Bournemouth had been on great form, and so had Lundstrom. So. Uh, Frustrating that he's on my bench with eight points, but uh, overall, I think I've had a pretty good game week, and a lot of that's down to Captain Vardy. How many points did you get this week? Um, so I think 64. I don't think any of my players today got bonus points. So yeah, 64. Yeah, pretty decent. 
Nice one. Gary, what was your FPL moment? Um, well, it was a bit of a it was it was a bit of a mixed emotion. So that I'm, I've got James Madison uh, and I don't have Vardy. Um, and all all of you in the league had Captain Vardy apart from me. Obviously, I don't have him. And Madison scored that delicious goal uh, with the outside of his boot from outside the area. It was a it was a wonderful goal, and obviously earned me six or seven points. But I think it pretty much earned everyone else in the league um, twelve points, didn't it? Because it, it was you all of our captain Varda. You all it gave you all an assist, and he went from not being on for any bonus points for three bonus points. So it kind of the Lord giveth and he taketh away <laughs> in one moment <laughs> yeah is that what what is that an assist for a striker is that four points doubled and three bonus doubled that's yeah that's nasty yeah i think it's just three for the assist but yeah it's, it's, it was still 12 points so so for the six or seven points i got from madison for that it, he basically i lost ground with everyone else Ah, nightmare. And are you tempted to get Vardy in well, now? You've got that Abamyang up, up front. Uh, as we'll maybe go on to a bit later, I'm kind of hitting this maverick patch now where I'm, I'm quite far behind everyone else. So if I kind of make the same moves that everyone else does, I'm never going to catch up. Um, so I think I'm going to stick with Abamyang because he's a bit different and because Arsenal have some good fixtures coming up. But I'm, I'm just going to have to hope that Vardy doesn't do that well. The, the, the one thing I have about Vardy is that often when he scores, he doesn't get many bonus points. So he, he can often have a good game and get six points. Sometimes it's even it's only just five points because he gets booked now and again. Um, so he's, he is a very good player who scores a lot of goals. But for FPL, he, he, he doesn't usually bring in these big hauls. But, but kind of luckily for you guys, um, that, that amazing goal from Madison turned a, a decent week into, a, into a, one of the best uh, weeks for him. Yeah. And um, Ben, what about you? What's your FPL moment? My FPL moment is, and this has been going on, I think, in the community, is Magnus Carlsen, the chess champion, as of yesterday, was ranked 20th in the whole game. So I thought that was really interesting. I, I had a look at his team to see if I could get any tips. So his team right now is uh, Tom Heaton in goal, who was injured. Trent Aurier, kind of strange. Tomori. De Bruyne, Son, Madison, Martial, Vardy, Abraham, Haller. So it's interesting. He's got to 20th in the world without <laughs> Salah, Mane or Sterling. So crazy. He's, he's literally several moves ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's finished on 72 points this week, which is pretty good. But, but you, say, you say Heaton and goal. Um, I think Heaton actually has an injury, doesn't he? So he might not have any goalkeepers this yeah, week. Yeah, I don't think he's a goalkeeper this week, but genius. Still impressive. <laughs> genius move. <laughs> it's, it's the least that they would expect. He's one move ahead. It's what Pep tried in midweek, but he was already there last week with, with no goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, we have to keep an eye on him this season, see how he does, and um, follow his transfers, maybe. Um, my FPL moment of the week um, was kind of going back to Gary. Gary, it was it was you, like you say, saying you're kind of you're behind other people in our league. You want to catch up, so you're going going full maverick. And it was your captaincy this week that was my FPL moment of the week. Uh, did, this is a player you brought in, is that yes. correct? And captain. Yes. This is an 
ultra differential. Um, can you talk me through it? <laughs> okay, so basically, when, when I, one of the ways I pick my team is I always look at how I think the games are going to turn out that week. And I was looking at the games, and it was really hard to call this week. There were so many close matches. And I just had a feeling, right, I think Wolves are going to batter Aston Villa this week. That, that's where it's going to be. The, the points are going to be. Um, and so I went with Adama Traore as my captain. Um, and I watched the first half. I, I couldn't see the second half but because I was on the way to Matt's house to watch the, um, the, the second game. But he, in the first half, he put in a couple of great crosses that Yotta squandered. Yotta should have played him through on goal. He overhit the pass. In the second half, Traore hit the bar. And then eventually, with about six minutes to go, he, uh, he got an assist. Um, so he did get five points. Uh, and in a week when a lot of the usual suspects like Sterling and De Bruyne um, didn't score, that would have been good. But um, yeah, I think Vardy kind of ruined it for me, at least in our league. So that was my thinking yeah, anyway. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the chess champion would approve, but um, yeah. I, I, have I, fun, I just love it. I have a fun fact: Adama Traore just got called up to the Spanish national team. So there you go. He is he is a pedigree. He's, he, he's Spanish. Yeah, he is Spanish. Wow. I guess he played for Barcelona, right? I have, I have no idea, but. Um, He's definitely uh, high enough quality to play for Spain. I think they're they're thinking on the same lines of Gary. You know, he's like the least Spanish style footballer I've, I've seen in a long time. <laughs> but in, in, in the same way that Diego Costa is is like not very Spanish in style, I guess because he's not very Spanish at all. <laughs> but they, they could probably do with someone like that, just as a bit of a differential in their in their team. They can't all be little ticker tacker kind of geniuses. You need you need someone who's just going to head down, run with it occasionally. Um, yeah, I d- that is a great fact, Ben. I would say he's seriously worth considering for other people's teams. Um, I guess we'll come on to Wolves a bit later, but um, yeah, the, yeah, he's he, he is playing quite far forward, and he's a fun player. He doesn't always have the end product, but um, he's certainly getting involved a lot. Um, and if he did just put that shot a few inches lower and got a goal, he would have got me a good twelve, thirteen point haul this week. But just five in the end. Yeah, well, maybe next week there's there's a few good fixtures coming up for him, so we'll see. Speaking of uh, fixtures, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have a look at game week 13 after the international break. You, you're second in the Premier League, you're unbeaten so far, but you don't have that clean sheet yet. Is that true? Yeah, is it, is that, does that I want you? to pay a pizza, but my players doesn't want pizza, maybe they don't love a pizza, because I said, when we make clean sheet, I pay to everybody a pizza. Okay, Matt, you're first up with the Game Week 13 fixtures and it's West Ham versus Tottenham. So it's the London derby of teams on really bad form, um, I'd say. West Ham, I think, have now gone six games without a win um, and they're hosting Spurs who uh, equally, I think they said they were very lucky to draw against Sheffield United at home. So uh, they're not on a, not a great run from themselves. I think... Difficult one. I've got a feeling that maybe Spurs have more quality in their team and therefore should probably come out on top. Son, as fantasy assets, is still doing it, even though the overall team's on bad form. So he's still not a bad pick. Um, I've got my, my, my striker, Sebastian Haller, stinking the place up. So 
I think I might be subbing him out this week, but um, he's he's been a frustrating one way. He just think he, he, every so often he gets an assist or a goal and a booking and gets me five points, but he's never really quite clicked in the way that he may be promised to um, early on in the season. Do you think it's do you think it's a place that people could go for FPL kind of transfers this game week, or do you think it's just a void for both teams at the moment? Um, I think Son's a viable one if you if your team structure can fit in a player of that that value. Um, but yeah, West Ham at the moment, I'd be staying away from. They're just in a really bad run of form. Uh, Lanzini got himself injured, and I think he's quite a creative force, so that that could hit their goal output. Um, and you're hardly going to pick from either defence at the moment. So, yeah, there's not many assets. I'd say Son's probably the only one I'd, I'd be thinking about. With Like you say, with Son, he's got three attacking returns in three games. Is he worth bringing in instead of De Bruyne? Because a lot of people have De Bruyne in their teams. Man City's fixtures aren't great. Is that a viable move or is that just, you know not worth losing the value you might have in De Bruyne. Uh, it's, it's quite a differential uh, pick and it might come off. Um, I mean, I've got De Bruyne and I, I won't be doing that transfer. So it's not what I'd recommend. I think De Bruyne on the match today, like he could have had three assists um, if on a different day. Man City had so many chances from his crossing. Um, he still looks like he's firing, just uh, even with difficult fixtures, he could be getting some points. Yeah, fair enough. Um, next up, it's it's Ben with Arsenal Southampton. So Arsenal are playing pretty badly, but I mean Southampton are definitely definitely worse. So I think Arsenal will win this at home, and I think they'll score a couple. Actually, I was looking at the the previous year's fixtures, and they won this two 0 a year ago and and three two. I think the season before. Um, I think the only things I noticed were. Pepe well and truly dropped. Um, so I don't think he's viable. And anyone who had ever brought him in, I think, really bad decision. Right, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> he's not in my team uh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think if you... if I think most people, some people still have Aubameyang in their team. And I think I would definitely hold him for this, this fixture. Um, so, yeah, I see Arsenal winning, even though they're not in great form. Uh, Southampton-wise, I don't think too much interesting. I think Danny Ings has scored five goals this season, but I think there's way better value up front than Danny Ings. So, yeah, not interested in anything Southampton. And, yeah, I would predict Arsenal win, and I think they'll score a couple. You say not great value for Danny Ings, but is there a striker at six million who's... You know, better value. I mean, he's got Watford and Norwich at home after this game. West Ham, Aston Villa and Newcastle. That's a pretty decent run of fixtures, wouldn't you say? I mean, if you want to put Danny in your team, Duncan, <laughs> that's up to you. I, I just think there are a lot of good options. Maybe not the six bracket, but like close to seven that you, you could rejig your team to get the extra million to get a, a 7.0 and higher. That would be... That would be much better, like a, like a Raul Jimenez type player. I think that's definitely true. I just think I think he's got four four goals in six games, and it's just a bad idea, isn't it? It's a really. Bad <laughs> idea. I, I don't quite understand what's going on with Southampton though, because I still think Hassan Hootel's quite a good manager. I, I, I don't know if they. I still think they'll turn it round, but yeah, it's a bit bit of a mystery. 
I think Hassan Hutel, like looking at him last season, his post-game interviews and stuff at like press conferences, he looks so positive and so pumped up. From the start of the season, this season, he's so, he seems so downbeat and depressed. He, something seems maybe there's something's happened behind I, the scenes. I mean, scenes, I would but... I would say the 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 only thing I can connect it to is that I I went I was like jogging home one day through um, Hyde Park, and I saw Hassel Hooter leading the entire Southampton squad. Kind of on a bit of a walk, maybe the the sight of me like sweating and panting, running through past them has, has somehow dispirited them. Because ever since that game, they've been terrible. So this was about six weeks ago, um, and yeah, maybe they have to maybe they have to walk to all their games. Maybe that's the <laughs> thing that he he makes them do, and it's really pissing them all off. <laughs> um, Ben, if you were in Gary's shoes and you had a Bamiang in your team, would you be sticking with him? Yeah, I might, I might even captain him. Yeah, it's very tempting. For like another nice differential type move. Okay, yeah. If you got him, keep him and, and potentially captain. I like it. Um, Gary, what do you reckon to Bournemouth Wolves? Um, so the, I guess this is the, the clash of the two really useful teams last season that had lots of really underpriced people like Fraser and Jimenez. Um, it's a bit trickier this season because these players like them and Wilson are all are all kind of at the right price now, um, and it's quite hard to call this game. I think it was. Um, I think they traded penalties in this game at Bournemouth last season. Um, you could look at Jimenez; he scored um, both home and away in this fixture. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Wolves are kind of clicking into gear now. I, I was still two one flattered Villa, I think, and I was quite impressed by Wolves earlier, and they're getting to hang with uh, they're getting the grips of playing in the Europa League. Um, on the on the Wolves team, I'd say uh, the other thing about Wolves is they have some very tasty fixtures coming up. Um, so even if you don't share my love of Adama Traore, there's still other classic players like Ruben Neves who scored this week at five point three million. Uh, and the, the bargain that they have at the moment is uh, because Willie Bolly has broken his foot and he's out for a couple of months and they have size at the back, uh, 4.4 million is, is very good value for a, a Wolves defender. Um, in terms of Bournemouth, I, I don't have too much to say other than I think it was six games ago we got debating the, the relative merits of Harry Wilson and Phil Billing. And I rather foolishly predicted that, that Phil Billing would outscore Harry Wilson for the next six weeks. And you disagreed, Duncan. Um, I've been keeping track and they were neck and neck for five weeks. But then Wilson burnt away into the distance this week with, a, with another goal. So I will admit I was wrong on Harry Wilson. He's not a flash in the pan. Um, and perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he, can be, uh, he can be the answer for, your, for, for if you're looking for a cheap Bournemouth player. And I think... The rules of that game was that you had to transfer in whoever lost. They had to transfer in the player they backed. That's correct, isn't it? You have to get. <laughs> I mean, it's not working for me at the moment. And captain so maybe, him. Maybe, yeah, maybe I need to. Uh, this is the radical thinking I need to turn things around. De Bruyne out, Wilson in. And we and we need to find another another competition, picking some players against each other, because I enjoy that one. Mm. Uh, wasn't there another one? Wasn't there Yerry Mina versus? I think that that bet against Phil Billing also extended to Yerry Mina as well, um, but I don't think Yerry Mina has done very well. Recently. I don't remember that. I uh, remember you were fixated on Richarlison as well around that time, and he but he scored. This <laughs> but that's game. come yeah. true. Yeah, it has come true. Um, 
Next up, it, it's Brighton Leicester. This is one for me. Um, I haven't seen a huge amount of Brighton this season, so I was looking forward to scouting them against Manchester United, and it was quite disappointing to be honest. I I know that um, Potter's come in and, and he likes to play good football, and he kind of is creative with his systems and um, gets players playing uh, passing and and I don't know I didn't really understand how he was doing it because looking at Brighton from last season it's uh, a team of cloggers you know you've got Davy Proper um, and Stevens in midfield and you know that was that's kind of the main base of the midfield that he's still playing you know Dan Byrne who's six foot seven centre back playing left back and all these kind of things and I was wondering how it was actually going to work how he's actually doing it and basically against Man United it's as you would imagine from last season, if you put these players in an attacking formation and told them to pass the ball, um, you'd think they were going to lose, and they did. Um, so, yeah, a bit disappointed with that one. I think it was a tough ask against a Man United team who are starting to click, but um, against the Leicester team who have been clicking for a little while now, um, I think I think, I think, think Brighton are going to struggle quite badly. I think Jamie Vardy is definitely a, a captaincy shout against Brighton based on their showing against Man United it's they're going to I'm sure they'll they'll up the levels at home um but Leicester just looks so tight defensively at the moment and they quite well set up to play away from home as well um so yeah I can't say this I can't see this going any other way than a, a Leicester clean sheet and and goals for for Jamie Vardy really um, I, I just add another yeah. thing on Vardy um most of the it's the international week now, so most players will be travelling off around the world. He's he's got he's rested up for two weeks, so it's looking good for him. I wish I had him. Well, you you can bring him in, you can, <laughs> um, but you won't, and that's that's awesome as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. What one one kind of mention uh, from the Brighton side of things was Trossard, um, which we I think we picked him up. Uh, last couple of weeks he's come in with some attacking returns um he didn't have really a sniff against united and i think basically he's someone to look at for the next three fixtures they've got leicester liverpool and arsenal even wolves after that i think it's he's someone to keep an eye on his price shouldn't change too much and then maybe when the fixtures change after that he can be considered but for the moment yeah i'd be staying away from from brighton assets and annoyingly their, their kind of their man at the back to have Lewis Dunk has now picked up a suspension, um, so even the defence I'd be staying away as well. Um, Palace versus Liverpool, can you see Palace somehow picking up a result, Matt? Um, I mean, I can in theory because Palace are quite a stubborn team. I mean, Roy Hodgson plays like quite a deep four, two banks of four type style of play, um, and they sort of. They stuck it out against a very talented Chelsea team that are playing quite quite well um, and, and kept it to 2-0. I mean, I still think Liverpool will, will almost certainly win, but they have a chance. And I think um, the game's mostly about our Liverpool assets for this one, good captaincy material, Salah, Salah and Mane. Um, and I think, yes, potentially, but I, I would be surprised if they like got massive scores because I think Palace will probably keep it to just a couple of goals. Um and it's yeah, we'll we'll see see how it goes because it'll be a very different game from the one I've just had just just now. A lot of people are talking about bringing in Salah for Sterling at the moment, 
But I think, is this maybe a better fixture to say if you're going to triple up on Liverpool, maybe bringing in Trent and Robertson is a better move and having one of Salah or Mane? Because Robertson picking up another assist this week. Yeah, I mean, I think Trent and Robertson are like the uh, sort of the fullbacks that keep promising so so much because you think if they could just get a few clean sheets and all their attacking output, uh, they're bound to like run away with the points and, and be top of the defenders. But uh, Robertson did get an assist today, but it's just not quite happening. They always concede a goal here and there. Um, so I don't know. I, I think Salah and Mane are like the prime assets still to have. Uh, I think uh, Robertson and Trent are like the potentials that look great on paper, but aren't quite delivering the points just yet. Um, but let's see. Let's see. I mean, I think eventually they're going to have to get some clean sheets that come somewhere. And this is the sort of game where they could get a clean sheet because Crystal Palace are a little bit blunt in attack. And not so great at home as well. Um, yeah. So you, for captaincy, you're staying away from Liverpool players this week. Is that what you're thinking? Um, well, I certainly am because I don't have Salah or Mane. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but what would you advise? Um, I would, I mean, I, I would say that they're they're pretty good picks, but I would be cautious about them. But I don't think they're like a runaway pick. Fair enough. I'm kind of tempted to go with Trent as captain this week. Just looking at this game, I, I feel like Palace don't score many at home. And this could be the kind of game where he chips in with a free kick or an assist and suddenly gets over one of those 12 pointers. He's he's definitely my thoughts, him and Aubameyang. I definitely think that these fixtures coming up for for Liverpool are are decent for doubling up at the back. You know, Crystal Palace away, Brighton at home, Everton at home, Bournemouth away and Watford at home. I think, yeah, you know, like Matt was saying, if they can start adding those clean sheets then they're going to fly away with the points. So, yeah, I like that captaincy. And it's Maverick, but it's it's kind of slightly safer than the Traore um, <laughs> punt. Um, ben, what do you reckon to Everton-Norwich? So I think Norwich are well and truly uh, the game's over for them. I think they're, they're really terrible. Uh, so I predict an Everton, a comfortable Everton win here. And uh, your man Richarlison... Uh, scored a goal and got 10 points uh, this week. So I think he he's playing well. But if you look at Everton's fixtures, they're, they're really, really bad. Um, so probably not going to be transferring in any Everton players. After Norwich, they have Leicester away, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, Man United away. And then they, then they have an easier game, Arsenal at home at the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, on the Norwich side... I'm glad I got rid of Pookie a couple of weeks ago. It looks like the Pookie party is well and truly over. Um, I also have Cartwell on my bench too. So he's probably someone um, I'm probably going to look to get rid of as well. He he looks like he's he's dropped and just making like 10 minute substitute appearances. So um, yeah, I think Everton win. Can't really transfer in any of the assets because of their tough fixture run. And then I, I would advise getting rid of Norwich players. I think um, they're, they're primed for relegation at the moment. It's, it's, it's annoying, isn't it, that Everton have such a bad run of fixtures because Mason Holgate's just got in the team at 4.4 and Norwich haven't scored in five away games. So you'd think that this is a clean sheet banker, but it's just not worth it, is it? No, unless you've, you've held on to Dinia. 
for all this time, um, then you'd obviously play him in this game, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's I think that's definitely fair. Getting rid of Campwell, it's he's he's overdue leaving our joint team, and we can come on to that later. Um, Gary, what do you reckon to Watford Burnley? Um, not a lot, really. Um, <laughs> I I think both Watford and Burnley have got some pretty tough fixtures coming up, so um, this probably isn't one you want to be looking at in much detail. I had a look, and last season this was a Dower nil nil draw. Um, and perhaps that's the best you could hope for this year. Um, at the start, Duncan, you mentioned Watford um, and their defence. They've, they've certainly tightened up at the back and they've got some cheap defenders like Jan Mart at 4.3, Cathcart 4.4. Um, so if you, I guess you could back on a Watford clean sheet, but um, it's, it's, their fixtures aren't good after this. So I'm, I wouldn't be too tempted with that. Um, for Burnley, you, you've kind of got these mid-range kind of players that they've got. They've obviously got um, Ashley Barnes, who who got back on the score sheet last week. Um, Chris Wood, five goals in five appearances, 6.2, slightly cheaper than Barnes. Uh, and McNeil, who I really let rate, um, 6 million in midfield. So that the Burnley players, I think, will still keep picking up points, but not, not in big clumps, but just consistently. Um, but yeah, I'd, I really would... I'd, Burnley's good fixtures have ended after this game, so um, I'm not tempted by either, really. I um, <laughs> I love that you say this is maybe a fixture not to think too much about. My transfer this this week, I've done it early before the international break, which is probably in, inadvisable, but I've already brought in Daryl Yammat for my team. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. That, five, five, yeah, five, yeah, five, yeah, five transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I had Alonso, um, he wasn't even playing. He wasn't even in the squad anymore. He was expensive. I needed the cash. Yamat, 4.3, um, playing a wing back. You know, they're playing three at the back and wing back. So he's in the game I watched, he's quite far forward. He has, you know, chipped in with goals and assists before. He's got uh, four clean sheets in the last five, uh, picking up bonus as well. And I don't know, I think Burnley at home is not bad. Like Gary says, nil-nil last season but I think the structure of the defence now seems to be you play three at the back you have Lundstrom you have Trent and um, possibly you have Tamori or Soyuncu and the rest are kind of Rico you know cannon fodder for the bench and I think Yamat is is nice for me to play the odd fixture and if Watford um keep start you know keep clean, clean sheets in the easy games like they have then Four point three—it's not bad, is it for a win? Yeah, match? I just—I just think so. Yeah, you've got Burnley and Southampton coming up, but then after that, I mean, Leicester away, Crystal Palace at home. Obviously, Palace. Are, Crystal Palace at home is not Crystal bad. Crystal Palace are better away than they are at home, though. And then you've got Liverpool away, Man United at home, Sheffield United away. Is it? I wouldn't. I, I think that. I think that the run of clean sheets has kind of come in, but they're going to get a bit desperate soon because they need to do more than just defend. I know they got a win against Norwich, but Watford are still in big trouble. And I think I can see them, I can see it all going horribly wrong. I can see them going through another manager in a few months. They'll end up having like three managers this season, I reckon. They've got to get 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 in another manager they've already had before and just go back around. Yeah, Yukanovic is probably next in line, isn't he? He'd, he'd, he'd probably have a want to crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next up, it's it's Man City versus Chelsea, and this is one for me. Um, 
Ooh, I mean, this is a this is a tough one to call. It's another big game. I think Man City defense don't look particularly great. Um, John Stones and Carl Walker kind of having a shouting match at each other on the pitch. Uh, Fernandinho playing out of position. Chelsea just love to attack at the moment. Um, Pulisic um, on great form coming into Andy's team and doing really well for him this week. Um, seems to have taken Callum Hudson's Adoy, Adoy's place and he's a substitute these days. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think don't be too worried about your Chelsea assets. I think they're still going to get chances. Um, Mason Mount is a, a tricky one, I think, at the moment. Although he's he's in a lot of teams and he's in my team as well, I don't know if he's going to... I don't know if there might be a good point coming up to sell him. Just for... It's tricky because a lot of people have built up a lot of value in him, but he's... I think he's, his performances are slightly tailing off now. Um, maybe if he gets a rest in the international break, um, then he'll come back with a bit more energy. But you know, he's picking up the odd injury here and there. He's chipping in with the odd assist every now and then, but I don't think he's on the same kind of form he was at the start of the season. And there are players like Madison, Pulisic, Martial, who are, are in a similar price bracket, um, who are doing you know bigger things at the moment? So he he also hasn't come, really come in with a big points haul. He's just kind of chipping in every now and then, which for his his price is fine. But I don't know if you want to rise up the rankings, maybe there are better places to go at the moment. Um, as for City, I like Ben was saying earlier. I'm seriously considering downgrading um, Sterling or De Bruyne for this tough run of fixtures. Um, I think, yeah, I think. You can, you know, maybe if you want to double up at Liverpool at the back, you can downgrade one of those. You could bring in Madison and have loads of, of, of cash to spend. The tricky thing is what to do with all that cash because, you know, the premiums aren't really doing it at the moment. So you have to spread that around and getting them back is going to be quite tricky. But um, I, I, I think definitely can, I'm considering the Salah-Mane double up instead of De Bruyne, De Bruyne and Sterling. Um, what about you guys? What are you doing with your city assets? I'm going to keep hold of them. I, th- I I just I think City are so good. Even in a game like today when they lose three one, I mean Sterling was getting throughout around the back of Liverpool and De Bruyne was pulling all the strings. I I just think City are so good that it get, even a game like this against Chelsea, you wouldn't be surprised if they if they banged four goals in, would you? No, I wouldn't. Um, what about you, Matt? Are you gonna are you gonna hold? Um, yeah, I'm inclined to hold as well. Um, I just, uh, likewise, I just think Man City will score goals against everyone, so the attacking assets will be all right. I just think Chelsea. I mean, ha- they have fluffed their lines against basically most of the big opposition they played this season. They've struggled just a bit in the Champions League. They lost four 0 to Man United for heaven's sake. So uh, I think they're on good form, but they're on good form at beating smaller teams at the moment. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they concede a few. Okay, Benny, are you in agreement with those guys? Yeah, I th- I think Sterling to Salah is tempting for me, but I actually think this is not a bad fixture for City, um, just because Chelsea aren't great defending. I know they got they got Kante back recently, um, so I think there might be goals in this one. So I'm inclined to wait one week and see what happens for this fixture. I, I want to shout out Podder Andy for his Pulisic call a couple of weeks ago, where. He was like, I test, Pulisic shoots a lot and is very selfish. And 
Yeah, I was looking at the stats for their last game, and he does shoot a lot. I think he had, I think he had six or seven shots in the game um, against Palace, and way more than anyone else. Like way more than um, Abraham or William. And he does look like a bit of a selfish player, which is good for FPL. Yeah, and, he, and not just the shots, but he can create the chances for himself with that dribbling in the box. I don't know if you've seen the the highlights, but some really silky, silky skills and quick feet from him. So, yeah, great, great shout, Andy. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Sheffield United versus Manchester United? Yeah, well, this is the Champions League hunting team playing against uh, Manchester United. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as a Man U fan, I'm, I, I think we'll be... We, we, well, we won this weekend, which is good. I think overall, though, our season's been very up and down, a bit scratchy. Um, and away to Sheffield United is, uh, is not an easy fixture this season. And uh, I, I think that John Lundstrom could, uh, could be causing havoc against the United defence uh, with only Scott McTominay to try and stop him. Um, and so I, I think it could be quite a close game. I think it's one of those where if you've got assets on either side, then, yeah, play them. Um, if you don't, then I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I think United's fixtures are fairly good at the moment. So if you're looking for like Martial or uh, Rashford, they both got good hauls this just this game week. They again could could quite easily get some hauls against Sheffield United, but it's far from certain. And um, yeah, so it's uh, a bit of a gamble. Could could go either way this one, I reckon. I was watching um, Sheffield United against Spurs um, and John Lundstrom. Still you know, crashing shots off the bar, still, you know, narrowly missing here. He's so involved, isn't he? And um, he's just got to be played in every fixture, I think. Yeah, he's one of those where they, uh, the FPL got it wrong in pricing him and putting him as a defender. Um, he's actually playing as like a really, well, sort of a, he's quite an attacking player for Sheffield United. And he's really broken through this season and uh, looks quite the goal for every game. And and Sheffield United also picking up clean sheets, which is amazing for his bonus point potential. Okay, can I just jump in here with my anti-Sheffield United agenda? <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you say that Lundstrom has to be played every week, I think Andy was the only one out of you four Lundstrom owners who put Soyuncu in ahead of him, and he got an extra six points this week because they, he didn't pick like Lundstrom. I think, Duncan, you got away with it, did you? You had a player who didn't play, but, but Ben and Matt, you, you lost out because of Lundstrom. Um, and also, I do I do wonder if, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, it looks like Sheffield United are going to stay up this season. But we're just at a little bit of a risk of of overrating them a little bit. They they've got sixteen points from twelve matches, and every um, match report I read of that Spurs game was, oh yeah, even the Spurs fans are saying, oh Sheffield United was so unlucky they deserve to win, but. But then the XG was 1.5 to Spurs, 0.8 to Sheffield United. So I, I, I still think you'd be brave to think that Sheffield United will keep Man United out, even though they are at home. Um, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be playing him, but, but and I do have a biased agenda, admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your balance, there, uh, Gary. Um, Matt, Ben's brought in Martial. Andy's brought in Martial. They're both Man United fans, so are slightly biased, but they've gone early on him and, it, and it's definitely working out for him. Is he something that people need to move on quickly with, with Man United's good fixtures? Um, 
I mean, I think it's probably a better question for Ben in some ways. I think he's he's certainly looking very good. Um, I haven't quite got the team structure to easily fit him in just at the moment, um, but it's it's quite tempting. He's uh, got got two assists just this week, and uh, he, he's he's looking like a quality striker this year. Yeah, my my thinking was, um, I, I like you said, Duncan. I think there are better options than, than Mason Mount because he's playing a little bit further back. Um, and I think you can't actually go wrong with any of Martial, Madison, or Pulisic, actually. And, and this week, they all kind of scored around the same. And I think going forward, I think you'll see them all kind of be at a similar kind of level. I just wanted Martial because, you know, I'm a Man United fan, so <laughs> I want to have something invested when I watch the games. Um. <laughs> it kind of comes back to that, talking about the Man City options. You guys are all saying, you know, I'm... You're going to stick with both De Bruyne and Sterling. But if if you downgrade one of them, this is maybe where you could bring in a, a Martial and a Madison, you know, even a Pulisic. Um, you can you can bring in those two for your Cantwell, for instance, um, and have five in midfield. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like Pep Guardiola. I just want to have a team full of midfielders at the moment. I think Martial is there, like Pulisic. Um, there's so many midfielders I want to bring in, but it's it's quite hard to fit them all in. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. You can't have them all. Um Ben, last fixture for you is is Villa versus Newcastle. Uh yeah, an exciting one. Um I I think I think Newcastle's form has has picked up with, which has surprised a lot of people. Uh, I could see this being a draw. Um I think maybe Newcastle better form wise. And uh, I think the only player that I, I saw the highlights that was kind of interesting was not because he has scored any points yet, but um, it looks like Sam Maxim. He looks like an exciting player. There was he made this really good run. I don't know if you guys saw in the highlights. Um, the keeper blocked it, and then Almiron had an open goal, but managed to shoot it into Sam Maxim, who was <laughs> lying on the floor. Um, but yeah, he's he's a pretty exciting player. I think. Probably too expensive um, at five point four, um, but yeah, I think we we flagged him maybe last pod as an exciting player. Um, that's about it. I know Grealish was injured uh, for their game today, so maybe he'll be back after injury break um, two weeks off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think I'll go with a, a draw, potentially a Newcastle win in this one. I um yeah. So Maxim was my gut punt from last week, so I'm I'm chuffed with his assist. Did you see the the gif that was going around on Twitter? I think it's from Out of Context Football. He's he's lying on the floor. He's just um, run and, and fallen over, and he just jumps from the floor straight up to his feet. No, he, I need I need to see that. Yeah, check it out. Um, Out of Context Football on Twitter. They're worth a follow. Um, but yeah, definitely a character. Um, Okay, what about whipping boys? Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Can you see a whipping boy this week? Um, and I think Everton look like the ones where just by, by dint of playing bottom of the table Norwich, uh, that they could uh, maybe get a few goals against, against Norwich. When, when Ben was previewing this, he said he thinks it's a comf- comfortable win for Everton. Is there actually such a thing as a comfortable win for Everton this season? I don't think they've done it yet. No, but I mean, if they if they're going to, then this is the sort of game. I mean, they they got a decent away win, which relieved the pressure on their manager and, and the team a little bit. 
this week. And uh, at home to Norwich, you've, you've got to think that they will they will win. Maybe it'll only be 2-0, but um, I think it's the best shout of, uh, of all the, the flashing of the week. There was talk that um, after the international break that uh, Zimmerman and Handley are going to be back in central defence for Norwich. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's it's going to be a bit of a change anyway. So um, I'm kind of with you here, Duncan. I, I just feel like Norwich have got a performance in them. I, I don't think they're as bad as they've shown the last few weeks. And Everton, as you say, they just don't beat teams when they you think they're going to win. So who are your whipping boys, Gary? Chelsea. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I think Chelsea are gonna concede more than two goals in this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Man United, Man City, sorry, will try and bounce back after Liverpool, won't they? Like they did uh, when they lost to Norwich and beat Watford eight 0 I wasn't expecting you all to agree with me, but yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I, I just think. I mean, City still are so good attacking wise, and I think Chelsea's defense hasn't been tested like this for a while so it'll be uh it, it could get messy um then again right. they could they could battle away and get a 2-2 draw but i i think it's going to get messy i i think it's going to be a 4-1 or a 5-1 to city i think i think my whipping boys are actually going to be southampton because I, I know arsenal are crap but it's arsenal at home against southampton um i think it's the best fixture of this game week um and i think arsenal up front there are signs that they stood, could start to click. Lacazette will now be match fit. Um, Bamiyang has looked, I think, fairly sharp recently. Ozil back in the team could, if he plays, could get some chances or create some chances against this Southampton back line. So, yeah, I, I guess we're going to go with Chelsea because there's two of us voting for it, but we're slightly split this week. So tricky for captaincy. Uh, what about clean sheets? Matt, who's your first clean sheet? Um, well, I'm going to double down on my uh, predicting Everton to comfortably beat Norwich and uh, say that they'll get a clean sheet. OK, Gary. Uh, they haven't had one for a while, but I think Liverpool um, away at Palace. I think it's, it's more the way Palace play at home. They, they play like an away team, I think, sometimes at home. And then, and then they play like a home team away. But uh, yeah, I think Liverpool. I think that's a good shout. How about you, Ben? Um, I think Watford or Burnley could be a nil-nil. I agree. It's just which one? It's like that Sheffield United versus Burnley game, isn't it? Yeah. So which one are you going to go for? I'm going to go Burnley because I have Nick Pope. Yeah, he was doing bits this week, wasn't he? Nine points. It's been a while. Um, I'm going to go for Watford, um, just mainly out of hope for my new... Top top signing, yeah, Matt. Back to you, Matt. Um, I don't really see any others, to be honest. I think there could be goals in all the other games. Um, I don't think anyone's got that stunning defence that's playing a, a weak team. Gary, can you see any? Yeah, I'm, I feel pretty similar. I'm, I'm, maybe I think Newcastle might be fired up for their trip to Villa Park. Uh, Steve Bruce facing down the fans that famously threw the cabbage at him last year. Um, so maybe that might be a, an un, unlikely clean sheet. I think I see one for Leicester away to Brighton based on what I saw of Brighton this week and how solid uh, Leicester have been at the back recently. Um, so, yeah, I'd be, I'll definitely be playing. So, aren't you? I think it's a good chance for them. Yeah, 
Ben? Uh, no, I think that's it for me. That's it? Okay. Um, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a look at the Fanatics League. We have a new leader, um, so big news, and we've got to sort out our Hive team as well. The first one, I mean, you always call your right foot your chocolate leg. Yeah. Is that the best you've ever scored with your chocolate leg? Uh, I scored a couple, come on. <laughs> uh, no, well, yeah, one of the best. I think it's always nice to yeah, score a, sort of a back, back heel um, uh, goal, so I was pleased with that. Okay, let's have a look at our at FPLFF Fanatics Podcast League. See how you guys have got on. As I mentioned before, a bit of a teaser. We've got a new leader. Um, he's been threatening it for a while, but Afalabi Solomon has gone into first place. He's taken Kevin Miles off the top spot um, with his team, King Incapable. Uh, score of 71 points this week, so pretty, pretty good. And the reason why is he's gone for a bit of a differential captaincy this week. Although he had Vardy, he's gone for Martial. And he's also got Rashford, so he's gone full Man United. Um, still got uh, Callum Chambers at, Chambers at the back, which I think he needs to change pretty soon. But yeah, uh, it's it's doing well for him. And he's taken the big man, Kevin Miles, off the top. So guys, what do you think of his team? I like how he... I like how he's... Uh playing mind games with his goalkeeper. He, he's he got McGovern in starting, who didn't play. And uh, Matt Ryan off, off the bench with seven points. He's going to get inside Kevin's head, isn't he, with that? Yeah, mind games. Yeah. I don't know. Kevin, Kevin Miles will be curious. He's bound to be a response next week. Uh, I'm sure he'll be coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he'll bounce back, yeah. He always does. Um, apart from that, those two in first and second, we've got... Adam Burke um, in third place, Kush uh, Menrotra in fourth, uh, and Harry Quinn in fifth. Um, so well done to those guys. What about our joint joint team, guys? Matt, how did we do this week in the joint team? Um, I, just a second, I'll just get it up. So I, 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 wanted to <laughs> pick, I wanted to pick you up on the joint team while you're, um, while you're doing this, because we had four people on the pod all went with Vardy captain. But the Hive team, we have Abraham as captain. So we've, we've missed out on, on, eight, on eight points there. This is because Andy was in control last week and he wanted to be different to his own team, which I think is a bad strategy. I think I think hedging our bets is is never a good plan. Yeah, I agree. We should definitely blame the person who's not on the pod this week. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, we do that every week, don't we? <laughs> and our, our transfer of Lundstrom worked so well. I was fuming. I was fuming when I heard that on the uh, pod. Uh, I don't feel like I can trust to leave you all alone on this pod anymore. <laughs> well, anyway, so the, the Hive Mind team is currently cruising above Gary's team. Uh, it got a fairly solid 67 points this week. Uh, Abraham, captain, doing, I mean, still getting a good score. Uh, Vardy's there. Pope at the back, nine points is very solid. Siontru in the, in the lineup. Uh, which is good news. I think mostly because we've got a dreadful uh, defender in Diop on the bench. Um, and then sort of Mane, De Bruyne, Sterling, Tillemans ticking over in, in midfield. Um, so going forward for next week, um, it's it's Ben's call on the, the transfer choice that we make. Um, and I'd, I'd sort of open up by maybe uh, suggesting our, our weak spots as I think it's Diop at the back, maybe Cantwell, our cheap midfielder. He's not playing anymore. Um, 
and then I think uh, it's it's whether we're sort of any bigger big big switches you want to do like we've discussed earlier maybe Sterling um, or De Bruyne we're going to switch to Liverpool and get go, go more for Liverpool uh, Ben what's your initial thinking so I think in our preview I think I would be I'd be tempted to keep the City guys if we're <laughs> predicting they're going to score a couple against Chelsea um, our team is actually pretty well set up for next week so we could save um, the other one I'm thinking is because we have 0.7 in the bank, we could go Cantwell to um, Spanish international Adama Traore. Well, as you heard earlier, I love Adama Traore now, so, <laughs> so I'd, I'd be, I'd be full, fully in favour of that. And then we could we could play a kind of three five two, and play Adama for a couple of weeks, maybe maybe even captain him, you know. I think three five two is definitely the way to be going at the moment. Either that or three uh, three four three, um, if people have Jimenez in there with with Abraham and Vardy. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that Traore is is the pick that most people would be going with. But the fixtures are great for them, aren't they? Yeah, um, or we could just bank it and wait another week and see. Because if we were, we could we could just play. Um... We could play Lundstrom, Rico, and Soyonchu and Trent this week, and they go four four two. I don't feel um, great about I don't feel great about Rico at home to Wolves. I feel like Bournemouth will concede against Wolves. Wolves, I think, are getting up a bit of a head of steam at the moment. Yeah, I think Rico's time in the first team of many teams might be done now. Um, so yeah, if, if we want to play three five two, I think what we have our... to. How much do we have to spend on that Cantwell place? We got 0.7. So we've got 5.4 midfielder to bring in. Yep. Well, who were we talking about just now? Who's at uh, uh, 5.3, wasn't it? St. Maxim. St. Maxim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Villa, Villa away. Uh, there's a lot of differentials in this price bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Villa away, City at home, Sheffield United away, Southampton oh, at home. That's tough. It's not great. It's not great. Burnley away I mean, after that. I, I just I just carry, sorry, still banging the drum on Traore, but he is playing as kind of a wing forward. Um, he's kind of playing, they're playing a 3-4-3 and he does seem to be kind of really involved. So I'd, I'd, I think he'd be... Uh, be a good one to not just to bring him for Campwell, but we'd look to play him. If, I think if we had him, uh, oh, can I, I come in with a wild card, please? I'm oh, not McTominay, not Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're looking at budget midfielders, yeah, midfield Gut punts is coming after this, Matt. We'll talk about oh, it in okay. gut punts. After okay, I'll sake. stay quiet for now. Then um... <laughs> Pereira's quite an interesting one, though. I'd say. Five, five million. I, I'd have to say with Pereira, he's probably one of the worst players to play in the number 10 role for Man United in their history. Yeah, but he did get a goal just now. Well, was it a goal, though? <laughs> was it really a goal? He, he hit it into some guy's nuts and it bounced into the goal. Um, <laughs> and he, he looked terrible all game. Sorry, anyway. Gary. All I'm saying is Scott McTominay should be considered in this bracket. Uh, what about instead of Campwell, just playing devil's advocate, Greenwood is a bit of an issue 
in our team. He's down to 4.3 now. We could go to um, Musse uh, for Sheffield United uh, just to just for a bit of something different. He's in good form, isn't he? He he is quite a good player. He is he is actually doing quite well for them. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, he he's one for you're kind of banking on him making an impact in the fifty five minutes that he gets most weeks because he's not one for ninety minutes. That's my only reservation. What about um... my hesitation with the Greenwood's there to not play at the moment? So I think if we're going to upgrade Greenwood we may as well upgrade it to a player we actually want to put in our first 11 I don't think Moussa is necessarily the regular one we'd want to do that for fair enough what about in our first 11 West Ham defense is a bit of an issue Diop's not done anything for us really we could get rid of Diop and double up on Sheffield United defense like we were talking about last week with Ender Stevens. yeah but we don't you don't want to play 4-4-2 right no no, we don't. <laughs> okay. Just put Jan Matt think... in and save a bit of money. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure that's a great transfer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm up for Traore. I think that's okay. I think that's a good way to go. But but we we have to wait two weeks in case he he gets injured playing for Spain because I'm sure he's, he's going to be a, gonna, he's he's gonna gonna be part of their qualifiers. <laughs> you know, you never know. Could get injured. Okay, so how are we going to set up uh, next week based on that transfer? Um, so I th- my proposal is we play Trent, Soyonchu, Lundstrom at the back and Rico and Diop on the bench. And then we have Tielemans, Sterling, Mane, De Bruyne, um, Traore, and then Vardy and Abraham up front. Captain Jamie Vardy? Yeah, I think I think Vardy's probably the safest option with his form at the moment. Um, like we were saying in our previews, Mane is quite a tight game, possibly away from home. And I don't know, Sterling and De Bruyne, we're, we're, we're predicting goals there, aren't we? I'd be tempted to go for yeah. De Bruyne. Uh, home, home fixture, he looks like he's playing pretty well. I'm sure there's going to be goals there. We've just predicted Chelsea to be whipping boys. I don't know if he is playing at the same level that he was at the start of the season anymore. I don't know if he's providing the same kind of threat, to be honest. I mean, he he, he put one on a he, he put a beautiful ball in for Aguero, but Aguero just seemed to get his weight all wrong, um, and he was linking up with Sterling well as well. I'd, I'd I'd be looking at De Bruyne or Sterling for my team, or or Trent as the wild card because I think Trent will get a clean sheet. It's just whether he gets any attacking returns. Okay, so you guys are going for Man City. Ben, you're going for Vardy. I think I'm with Vardy as well. So how do we decide this? Andy, casting vote. We'll have to uh, we'll have to message him. No, I, I think Ben's got the pick this week, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, I think Ben's unfortunately got the pick. Um, so Vardy it is. And if, if it doesn't come in, then we'll have words in the next pod, Ben. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, what about gut punts, Gary? How did we get on with our gut punts last week? Um, so we, we did quite well, actually. Um, so, Matt, um, Matt, do you want to talk about McTominay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't think 
what, what's happened to McTominay? I, I thought that was I was mentally ill picking McTominay. <laughs> he's trying to tell me he's he's actually done quite well. I, he was lucky, well, unlucky not to get a hat trick. I think in that game. <laughs> I don't mean he just he seems to be everywhere every game at the moment and a, a highly underrated player um, doing pretty well for my monthly pick. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, so so Matt is clawing his way back up the table. He got eight points this week, five from McTominay, two for Ender Stevens, plus a bonus for Ender Stevens being cheap. Um, Andy had a quiet week, four points. Harvey Barnes three, Hudson Adoy one. Hudson Adoy not looking a great shout. Uh, Dunk, you did brilliantly with Alan San Maximan, five points for him, although it could have been more. Uh, although Perez, your your monthly pick. Um, 59 minutes, I'm afraid. Ah, the worst, the worst. Yeah. Um, ben, um, not a lot going on here. Connolly, one point. Potter, one point, which is down to zero as he was the most expensive player picked. Uh, and he managed to ruin all Traore's chances to um, to score as well, all the, the beautiful crosses Traore was putting in. Um, but I was still the um, the top scorer this week with 11. Uh, so Traore did manage to get an assist, five points. And McNeil also got an assist to me and a clean sheet bonus point. So he got six. So I'm extending my lead at the top while Duncan, I think, has is, is just crept back up into second place. Get in. Um, so, yeah, let's come on to this week. Um, so I think this week is a story of Everton versus Norwich. Um, so who wants to go first? Ben, do you want to go first as you're... You're going for pod favourite, uh, Mr. Theo Walcott. Yeah, big pod favourite. Um, we're all fans of this promising uh, youngster. <laughs> <laughs> he will come good um, one day. Uh, Arsenal legend as well. Uh, yeah, and he's 0.5% owned at, at 6.2 million. And he, I mean, he's he's locked down a place in the, the first 11, so... He's my punt against Norwich. And Duncan, you've gone back to one of your your regular favourites as well from this fixture. Yeah, this guy, one day it's going to come true. He's actually <laughs> going to score a goal. Yeri Mina. Um, yeah, I just think, like we were saying before, Norwich, no away goals in five fixtures. Um, what has happened to Pookie? Hopefully Yeri Mina can storm in and get a goal for me. And Andy's also gone Everton. Uh, as you might have gathered from Andy and his pick of Callum Hudson and Adoy as his monthly pick, he, he loves a player with an unsure position in the starting lineup. Um, <laughs> so he's going for the, uh, the fullback Sidibe, who, who has recently knocked Seamus Coleman out of the team, although um, remains to be seen if he gets picked uh, next week. But Andy certainly thinks so. Um, and because I'm very contrarian and like to take the opposite view, I'm going to go with. Onel Hernandez this week from Norwich. Uh, my gut is saying Norwich are going to surprise a few people. And Onel Hernandez, 5.3 million with 0.1% ownership. So that brave 0.1% who've gone with Onel Hernandez are going to get a uh, dividend finally, I think. Uh, Matt, you're, you're last up. Who's your gut punt? So my gut punt is going to be Fraser, the Bournemouth. Um, I just thought that Good old classic FPL, uh, and I think Wolves are a very good team, but Bournemouth at home could be good for a goal. 
yeah, he's been a bit quiet lately. He's bubbling under the surface. I think he's planning something. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I can see that one working. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how we do. We've still got two weeks left with our monthly picks. McNeil, Connolly, Perez, Hudson-Odoi, McTominay. And these are our new weekly picks. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, nice one. Um, I think that's pretty much us for the pod. Um, if you don't uh, follow us on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFFanatics. You can find the league code if you want to uh, join us in the league and take us on. Um, so, yeah. Also, if you like the pod, please take your time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star um, or anywhere where you get your podcast. That would be really appreciated. Um, so just leave me to say thank you for your insight, Matt. Cheers. I'm really looking forward to see how Jan Matt gets on. <laughs> thank you for your insight, Gary. Uh, well, all the best and come on, Traore. Show, show everyone what you're made of. Thank you for your insight, Ben. Thanks. Hope everyone enjoys international break. And thank you guys for listening. We will speak to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you.